A wise man once told me, there's only two ways to be wealthy. Either you can buy anything that you want, or you can want everything that you have. Today, we're going to take it one step further. We are going to give you the secret to true financial freedom. So if you're tired of hearing all these motivational gurus online preaching a prosperity gospel, driving Lamborghinis down the highway with money flying out the window, or taking these Photoshop pictures in a photo studio that looks like the inside of a private plane and just being boastful online. Well, I'm here to tell you that they don't have true financial freedom. If you want to start taking the steps to reach financial freedom and teach your children how to live abundantly through Christ that aligns with the word of God, I want you to stay tuned as we will tell you everything you need to know to start your journey on this episode of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Hello, my tithing titans and my gifting gals. My name is A.B. Ridgeway, and I'm the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things in my mom's favorite Christian financial advisor. And today, we're here to talk about financial freedom and how you can finally start living the life that God promises in his word. The scripture I'm going to base this conversation on comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 19, and it reads, Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possession and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. This is the gift of God. But I want to give this a little context. We have to go back to verse 18, which reads, This also is a grievous evil. Just as he came, so shall he go. And what gain is there to him who toils for the wind? Now think to yourself, what was this grievous evil? Well, I'll tell you, it was the love of money and embracing the vanity that comes with it. So what does this have to do with financial freedom? What we see in chapter five, it is speaking about wealth and honor and what those two concepts actually mean. But we're going to focus on the wealth aspect, obviously. But this chapter itself, this chapter five in Ecclesiastics, it reiterates the idea that we came into this world with nothing and we will leave with nothing. So what does it profit a man to toil for what will disappear like the wind? So instead, you are encouraged to toil, work hard, enjoy your portions received, live your life and rejoice that you gave a hard day's work so you can sleep easy. Because in my mind, this scripture can have, I guess you could say an additional meaning if you look at it. In this scripture, it says God gives us wealth and power, we accept our portion, we rejoice in our work, and we rest well. Simple. But what if 
we apply this to our lifetime. Think about this. We are born and God builds us up. He provides wealth and power. We work hard at our passions. We pursue our dreams. We accept our path in life and we are not envious of others. And we rejoice in the work that we did while living. So when we are finally laid to rest and we can rejoice knowing we gave our all during this lifetime, which is the ultimate gift from God. Life, right? Now, what if life really wasn't about money? It was about the work it took to get the money. Let me say that again. What if life wasn't about the money? It was about the work it took to get the money and who you had to become. The creativity, the knowledge you had to gain, the people you had to meet, the love you had to share, the moments you had to experience, the places you had to go visit, the music you got to hear, the hugs you got to receive, the satisfaction that you played the role of a creator making something out of nothing, just as God did when he created this world. What if? What if money was not the part you were supposed to love, but it was life and you missed it? So let me play a little game with you. Let's play the what if game. What if you were so caught up in making the money, you forgot to make a life? What if you were so caught up in building an empire that you forgot to build a legacy? What if you were so caught up in gaining honor and prestige that you lost your self-respect? So you have a friend of mine. He's a financial advisor out of Ohio. His name is Chris Ward. Chris, how you doing? Go look him up. If you're in the Midwest, great guy, all American man, very respectable and a winner all around. This guy has my respect. With that said, he said something that is probably something that is old as a wind up radio. But he said, don't reach over dollars trying to reach pennies. I'm going to say that again. Don't reach over dollars trying to reach pennies and that hit me really hard because are we a society reaching over dollars which represents the important things in life trying to grab the pennies which represents the least important things in life are we in such a pursuit of money that we reach over the meaningful things we call life and that leads me into what financial freedom is and how to get financial freedom in your life now, to all my listeners out here, I want you to understand here at AB Ridgeway Wealth Management, we are an independent firm that helps tithing Christians bring their tithing, their talents and time back to the kingdom of God. And our goal is to help each client reach financial freedom. You can go to the website and learn more at www.abrwealthmanagement.com. There should be a link in the description below somewhere. But we believe in true financial freedom but before we talk about what it is let's talk about what it isn't let me let me tell you a story let's meet jim okay jim he's uh if you can imagine jim's a, a handsome man from a traditional christian family so he goes to church every sunday with his parents and enjoys a meal before heading back home he's six foot two he makes two hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars a year as an engineer He's single and lives in a three-bedroom, two-bath home with a Maserati in the garage. Really great guy, right? <laughs> a typical night out for him is a visit to the local bar, 
uh, Thursdays are his networking days, so you may find him in a nice restaurant meeting new people. Jim has been with the company for five years now, and he wants to make chief engineer as an E8. Kind of like the rankings, right? E1, E2, E3. He wants to be an E8. So he works overtime. He doesn't have much of a social life, but has really set his sights on a promotion. Well, every day, he parks his Maserati in the company parking lot as he watches the other engineers swerve into the parking spaces in their Maseratis, BMWs, no, their Lamborghinis, their Rolls Royce. And at the water fountain, they talk about their boat trips and the time they went fishing in Alaska. One of his fellow engineers just made his first million dollar year and is looking to invest into some more real estate. Now, Jim overhears these conversations, but he's never invited. Because when he walks over from his desk, the conversation just seems to die out and stop. Jim starts to feel disrespected and feels that his low earnings is keeping him out of the kind of good old boys club. Well, this doesn't help Jim's self-esteem. Jim soon becomes depressed. He has anxiety until one day he overhears them talking about stocks and bonds and how to invest and how their investments are just making them so much money. So Jim decides to do the same. He starts funding his 401ks, his taxable accounts. He even opens up an IRA and hires a financial advisor. And every dollar he makes, he tries to invest. At church, when the collection plate comes around, he simply passes it to the next person. You have to remember, his goal is to have $1 million of passive income so he can show those guys that he's good enough to hang out with. Well, his mother, on the other hand, asks him to come down to the church. There's some kids getting ready for college that would benefit from some words of encouragement coming from a successful engineer like you. And she's constantly asking him, you know, when are you going to get married and give me some grandbabies? And I would just love to just hold them and see him smile at their mama. Uh, he just kind of brushes his mother off, telling her, listen, Ma, I'm, I'm not successful. I'm, I'm at the bottom of the totem pole, Ma. No woman, you know, at, at the moment, I, I don't have time for women. And I don't even think any woman would want me. I mean, I, I work 14 hour days. I'm, I'm never home. I, I couldn't keep a girlfriend if I wanted to. And and those kids at the church, I mean, Ma, they can't learn anything from me. I mean, I have a long way to go, Mom. It's like I'm, I'm only an E4. Maybe in a few years, you know, maybe I'll come back. But until then, I mean, just ask somebody else, mom, please. But those few years turn into five more years, then 10, then 15. And Jim still hasn't made chief engineer. He keeps telling himself one day, just one more project, mm, just one more year. I got this. I, I know I'm good. And 20 years pass. Then right when he's about to retire, the boss calls him into his office. Hey, Jim. And says he's being promoted to E8 and chief engineer. Jim is overjoyed. He's so excited. He just has to tell his mom. See, he hasn't even seen or spoken to his mom in years due to the heavy workload trying to get to that next level. He had just made E7. And today he finally made E8 and chief engineer. He was working overtime. He was working 16, sometimes 17 hour days. But when he gets there, her eyes are glossed over. 
He tries to tell her the news, but she won't look up. Mom, Mom, I got the promotion. I'm a chief engineer. She continues to keep her head down as if she never heard him. His dad slowly walks over, puts his hand on his shoulder and tells him, Son, your mother had a stroke and now she's in the early stages of dementia. She sees you, but she doesn't really see you, son. It was at that moment it seemed like Jim, aged 40 years, all that time is starting to catch up with him. He isn't as handsome as he used to be. His phone starts to vibrate. He pulls it out of his pocket and he looks at it. It's from the office. They need him back. Flustered, he excuses himself and heads back to the office. He drives across town in his new Lamborghini. And as soon as he sits down to work, his phone vibrates again. He thinks to himself, maybe he forgot to turn off the notification. But when he looks at the phone, it's his father. He picks up and says, hey, dad, what's going on? Dad? His dad's speechless. Dad, is this you? Do you have your phone in your pocket? Pick it up. Dad, dad, I, th I think you pocket dialed me. And before Jim is about to hang up and get back to work, he hears Jim. Yes, Dad. I just want to let you know that your mom passed away just a few minutes after you left. Jim was heartbroken. Through tears, he drives back home only to see her in the same chair he left her in. And he breaks down. Soon the tears turn to anger as he screams at his dad, why didn't you tell me that she was sick? The dad looks unflustered, looking at his wife. He slowly picks his head up and says, son, we did try. She wanted to tell you face to face. But every time she asked you to come to church, that was her time to talk to you. And you brushed her off. Think about it, son. She knew how much being an engineer meant to you, and she didn't want to bother you. She didn't want to take that joy away from you because it seemed like your joy was no longer going to church with her, but it was about being a chief engineer. Jim starts throwing chairs around in frustration and his phone starts to vibrate again. <sighs> he looks at it. It's another notification. It's from the bank. New deposit, $157,289.12. Your new balance is $6,734,312.54. Jim just fell to his knees and cried. Jim is not an example of financial freedom. Even though Jim had millions of dollars, he was not financially free. You have to understand, just because you have a lot of money, you may not be broke, but that doesn't mean you are not broken. I'm gonna say that again. Just because you are not broke, doesn't mean you are not broken. You have to understand, Jim needed to heal. So let's shift gears. I promised you 
I would tell you what financial freedom was not, but let me tell you what financial freedom is. Investopedia defines financial freedom as having the financial cushion, whether through savings, investments, and cash, to afford a certain lifestyle, plus a nest egg for retirement or the freedom to pursue any career without the need to earn a certain salary. But many have the misconception that financial freedom is really about the accumulation of wealth, which it is not. Having financial freedom is knowing when you have enough and when is enough. Many like Investopedia say when you have a nest egg and money, but we say financial freedom comes the moment you become a what? A cheerful giver. Yes, the moment you become a cheerful giver, that is the moment you have financial freedom. Mary Fairchild, she comments on the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, when the Apostle Paul said, God loves a cheerful giver. She goes on to say that he says this line while encouraging the believers in Corinth to give generously. Paul didn't want them to give beyond their means, reluctantly or under compulsion. Most importantly, he wanted them to rely on their inner convictions and not obligation. Because when you give, that is a signal to yourself and your body that you have enough to survive. You have enough. There was a saying, a rich man is not who hoards the most money and is rich, but who can give the most away and still be rich. Because having the fear to give is a type of slavery. Yes, you are a slave to the money. But when you can give cheerfully, you have faith that God is going to take care of you. This is going to be a discussion for another podcast, but we are going to talk about under what circumstances should we be tithing? And keep in mind, we try not to focus on the extremes, right? You know, the bell curve, you know, where it's the majority is in the middle. We really don't focus on the outliers as much because the exceptions do not negate the rule. Meaning, we'll always have an exception, but we're trying to get a good lesson. Okay, you know, I always tell my kids this. I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I'm trying to teach you how to think so we can increase your odds of understanding things. Then we can increase your odds of making the right decisions under multiple circumstances. Does that make sense? So all of these so-called gurus don't have financial freedom and they don't want you to have financial freedom. They want you to learn how to hoard money. But first. You must give them your money in exchange. Now, ain't that funny? I mean, if it works so well, why not make the money for me? Then give it to me and then I'll pay you your fee. Same outcome, just in reverse, where you take the risk and not me. But see, the gurus don't want to take that risk. The people who say, I can teach you how to turn $100,000 into a million. I can teach you how to turn $1,000 into $10,000. Well... Just take 1,000 of your money, turn it into 10, give it to me, and I'll give you 1,000. Seems simple, but they won't do that. And if you can turn 10,000 into a million, why don't you just keep doing that? Why do you need my money? Why? Because they're making that $10,000 off of you buying their program. <laughs> Duh, right? But let's get serious here. Let's get back on track. As we close, I want to leave you with this because I want you some key takeaways. So if you've been taking notes, perfect. And if you haven't been taking notes, 
let me point out, go back and take some notes, listen again. And if you did take notes, listen again. <laughs> Either way, please don't repeat. As we close, these are the three things you need to know about financial freedom that we're going to discuss more in detail on the next episode. The first is to give generously and make sure that includes your time. Two, you're going to save wisely. Strategic planning of your personal finances. And number three, live appropriately. Live below your means so you always have money. We'll be discussing these more, but I've held you here long enough. But I do have a challenge for you all before I go. The challenge is this. I want you to pray about your finances. Yes, it is that simple. But don't let the simplicity fool you. When we pray, we tend to pray about our family, our jobs, and anything that happened during the day. This is going to be a different prayer. I want you to strictly pray about your personal finances. Write down your emotions in your journal. If you don't have a journal, I have one that's coming out in October of 2022 called Investing God's Money. It's a reflective journal where you can jot down some of your feelings. Um, it's actually ready for pre-order right now. You can go to Amazon, look that up. It's called Investing God's Money by A.B. Ridgeway. And the reason I want you to do this, the reason I want you to write down in your journal is because we will be discussing your feelings on another podcast. So I want you to have your notes ready so you can follow along. We're going to be discussing how to find God's purpose for your finances and how to embrace the lifestyle of living financially free. Is that fair? Well, I truly hope that you've been blessed. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, I want you to join our family and be notified whenever we release a new episode. So click that subscribe button wherever it's at. <laughs> we'll scroll up to the top, scroll to the bottom of the page. If you're on Apple Music, Amazon Music, wherever you are listening to this podcast from, whether from our own website, I want you to hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to our newsletter and don't miss another episode. Well, thank you again, my tithing titans and my gifting gals as we head out. So before we go, I actually want to send a special thank you to a few of my friends out there. Bobby, I want to say thank you for your conversation. You've been a great friend over these years. I really appreciated catching up with you. My heart and my condolences go out to you and your family. Nick, it is always great fellowshipping with you, learning new ideas, talking about the future of humanity and, and what we are going to do to improve this world and be better fathers. And Marjorie, I do want to say thank you um, she is on our newsletter list. She opens faithfully. I really appreciate her support. So thank you, Marjorie, for signing up for the newsletter and being supportive through it all. And as you know, we are now ranked top 10% globally by Listen Notes. So I definitely want to thank all of our listeners. I want to thank you for getting us up there. And I want to thank my friends and family for everything they've done up to this point. Well, until next time. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. 
You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnestine podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.